Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Know thy enemy. It's Dane. It's Trey. And we're here to just fill your head up full of useful opponent-related knowledge. Dane, how you doing, my man? I'm doing really well, Trey. How about you? <sighs> I, I'm okay. I mean, we both missed on our predictions. It was a... It was a weird game against Wake Forest. The Knolls are four and one. We're four and one. Still, our prediction in our season record better than what we thought at this point. But my goodness, Mr. Draper, it's pretty difficult these next two weeks, right? Yeah, I think these are probably your two most challenging games of the year, if I had to guess. Yeah, I'd say you probably. guessed correctly because you got we're taking on the Knolls. Go to Raleigh, which. I know this isn't going to show up in any of like your analytics or the great stats that you put up, but Florida State, I felt, always plays like garbage in Raleigh, North Carolina, <laughs> in that stadium. It's a night game. It's always been a snake pit for us, but they go there. They they play the NC State Wolfpack, a four and one team, at night, uh, eight p.m. It's it's a tough environment. Uh, NC State just picked up their first loss of the year. They lost 30 to 20 against Clemson. So they're no slouch. And I really think the discussion about this NC State Wolfpack team, a lot of the preseason talk was about their quarterback, Devin Leary. And of course, that's somebody we're going to be speaking about as well. But I think the discussions really got to start on that NC State defense, Dane. They are extremely good. Definitely they are. I mean, it's. If you're looking at both sides of the ball, the defense stands out far more than the offense. And if you're talking about the offense, Devin Leary's really, really the main guy of note there. He's the best player on that side of the ball. And that's it's good to have your quarterback as that guy. But this defense is pretty it's pretty great. I mean yeah, problem up with Claire with Clemson with the top unit in the ACC for sure. I'd, I'd say so, and it's something where I, we knew the defense was going to be stout, right? I think they returned something like 10 starters, so an extremely veteran unit, but the numbers are – they're stingy, my friend, very stingy. So they're allowing just 15.4 points per game. That's the 19th best defense in the nation, second in the conference. It's not only just points, they're stingy on yards, just 280 yards total per game. That's 15th in the nation. Uh, and it sounds like they're really, really good at shutting down the run. They're they're allowing less than 95 rushing yards per game, so it's really going to be a tall task for Florida State's offense, which is the offensive line had trouble blocking Wake Forest. Just to put it just to put it mildly, specifically at the tackle position, um, so it's going to be a tough task containing these guys. What about NC State's defense to you, Dane? Really makes them formidable. Um, uh, they don't particularly like stand out as uh, well they do they do stand out as exceptional units across the board but i was going to say mm-hmm. across the board really is how is where they stand out like their linebacker unit is probably the best in the acc they have three guys there who have all been like considered elite linebackers individually in the acc over the last few years they're all three of them are three-year starters um at a defensive line you have uh cory durden we know him mm, familiar um, but he's really only improved 
uh, and they play a three, three, five defense. So three down linemen and all three of those guys are 290 plus pounds and all three of them are notable um, at, at the starting level, but they also have depth there too. So there's that. And then you go to the secondary. It's a very veteran, very experienced unit, Tanner Ingle, uh, their free safety. He's a first team, all ACC guy last year. Just, just a really, really good, like competent and talented defense. There's not really any holes. It's it's very strange because they're in some ways they're almost the polar opposite of like Florida State's defense. They're a really good green zone defense. They've only allowed Definitely. nine trips. They've only allowed nine trips to the red zone the entire season. Now, when they do allow those opponents into the red zone, the team score every time. They're <laughs> I think they're what like nine for nine or seven for nine, something like that. Like they they score all the time when they're there which is totally different than Florida state's kind of bend, but don't break, you know, high, we, we allow a high success rate on defense, but we also bottle up the explosive plays. So it's just, it's, it's going to be such a like a clash of styles. So let's get talking about the defense. We'll get to the offense later, but let's start talking about the individual players on the defense. How do you want to start Dan? You want to work from the front to the back or do you want to work from the back to the front dealer's uh, choice is always. Let's do front to the back this time. Last week, we did the back to the front. Okay, you're just keeping everybody on their toes. So that's, that's what we're known <laughs> to do here. All right, so you already mentioned Corey Durden, who you said it looks like he's improved. Who else on the NC State defensive line is really going to give FSU fans uh, fits on Saturday? Yeah, yeah. so aside from Corey Durden, who was an all-ACC, uh, first-team all-ACC guy last year, by the way, um, there's Oops. Davin Van and Savian Jackson. That's start on uh, both sides of him. Davin Van's a second-year guy. He's the youngest guy on that line, and um, he's currently rated as the as their top defensive line pass rusher, uh, according to PFF. He's, hmm. They call him the Vanimal. The Vanimal. That's a cool nickname. <laughs> Props to you. Props Davin to you. Van. That's pretty cool. And then there's uh, Savion Jackson. Um, he wears number nine for them, which is like kind of a big deal for, for NC State. Um, that started with Mario Williams, who wore number nine. It, they they give that to their best uh, defensive end on the team, and then uh, Bradley Chubb had that. And noted and, field spitter Bradley Chubb. We didn't yeah. forget, <laughs> but a very good college player, and now a very good NFL player too. Um, uh, Jackson and Van both great in like the mid to, mid to high nineties by PFF and oh CJ Clark for the season for the season, Dane. Yes. That's impressive. That that is elite territory. Yeah, that's that's. Wait, what did I say? Seventies in the mid nineties is what. Oh no, I said I meant to say seventies. Okay, I had to get you there. I don't want to mislead people too much. Yeah, seventies is still very good. Yeah, that is pretty good. Um, And then CJ Clark behind them, he leads the team with two sacks. Um, They just they have depth there, and they're they're pretty good. Just a lot of beef. That's some good beef you got there. High quality Angus. Angus Prime. One thing that's interesting Absolutely. about the defensive line is it's a very solid defense, but I don't do they wreak a lot of havoc? They don't. I mean, Davin Van is their is he their sack leader? He's only got one of them. Yeah, CJ Clark is with two, but right, they only have two. I think seven sacks, sacks in the year. So what do they do? Do they have a lot of penetration? Do they got a lot of tackles for loss, or are they just like very solid at keeping everything in front of them for little to no gain? Yeah, they just don't really allow like their 13th nationally in yards per play 19th in success rate allowed. They just don't mm. allow much. Um, and, uh, and I, they do get decent pressure. I don't have a stat to, to say that they just haven't been able to get the quarterback down a lot of the time. I mean, seven sacks in the years, I think that's like tied for 102nd, if I remember, right. um, nationally, but they don't struggle to get pressure on the quarterback much. Um, they blitz a lot with their linebackers, 
the guys up front do get decent penetration themselves. And um, yeah, especially with the offensive line that you're going to, you're going to field on Saturday and the, the questions surrounding them. I mean, I, I don't think of that as a, as an advantage you have. Not at all. And it's one of those deals where Florida state, it's going to be very tough to have a high success rate on them to string drives together. So vertical explosive plays are going to have to be huge, especially with Florida state having an inconsistent running game going to be a lot asked of Johnny Wilson, Micah Pittman, those guys, because Florida state is going to need points to win. Not as much as maybe they thought because NC State's offense hasn't been as effective, but stringing seven to ten play drives together on this defense is not something that I don't think is going to happen. Yeah, and and they're also 21st in the country in, in passes over 20 yards allowed. So they do a good job Ooh. of limiting those explosives okay. as well. Um, so, yeah, just bummer. not a lot of holes. <laughs> <laughs> solid. A little bit of a bummer. But let's move on. Um, so it's very, like you said, names that we know on the defensive line. Uh, you mentioned the linebackers. I mean, the best unit in the conference, you know, arguably could be. Who are some of those guys at linebacker that are going to frustrate the hell out of us? Uh, well, you have your three starters, the three big notable guys. There's um, there's Elijah Moore. He wears number one for them. That's given to the 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 leader of the defense he's won that two years in a row now he missed last season but he's back and he's a really really good player he's a preseason all acc guy um preseason first team all acc i think uh last year before the injury um there is peyton wilson who's kind of just he's just kind of a freak he's 6'4 240 (laughs) um and big boy he was uh as an off-ball linebacker and he can really do anything you want him to do but he was a first team all acc in in 2020 um and his biggest his biggest thing hindering him over the years has been health and he is healthy for this game so we're gonna have to deal with him uh and then there's drake thomas who um so peyton wilson and, and elijah moore missed the game last year i think they missed basically the entire season last year and Drake Thomas had to fill in for them and be the leader of that defense. And he did, he was the the first team all ACC linebacker for them. And, um, and all three of those guys are, are playing and they're, they're starting in that defense. All three are three year starters. And um, yeah, I, I consider them the best, the best linebacker unit in the ACC. It's going to be a tough task. Mike Norvell does like to manipulate the eye discipline and the flow and the movement of those linebackers with, you know, some of the the blocking schemes that he likes to do specifically on like the counters and the RPOs and things like that. Going to be a tough, going to be a tough ask against that unit. Cause those two guys that you mentioned first, they didn't play last year. And Drake Thomas, the guy who you mentioned third is the leading tackler on the entire team. It's, <laughs> it's going to be tough sledding. So what about the what about the the defensive back unit? How do they compare to the rest of the the other uh, position groups? There's another guy on there that we know, Cyrus Fagan. Like, mm-hmm. what do you what do you make of the DBs? Yeah, I mentioned Tanner Engel, so a first team all, all ACC guy last year. He had his career high in tackles last year um, against FSU as well. Um, he had a, I guess, a bigger role at that point. As Cyrus Fagan was out. He he only played the first two games of the year and then was hurt. And, um, and he was got a little bit banged up against Clemson too, but I think he'll play against Florida state. Anyway, Cyrus Fagan has, he's another veteran safety. Um, right. We know him, but he's he a starter? former top. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Him and Engel, both, both man that the two safeties back there. And, um, he's a former top 100 recruit and he's, he's really found his footing with NC state. Um, he played really well against Clemson last week too, up until he did get hurt. He had a big tackle for a loss in the red zone. Um, yeah, I think he's considered a, a really good player for them. 
He always had the talent. He always had the talent. Does he still play with the neck roll? Do you know? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, no, I like that. That was that was a that was a that was a, a point in the positive category for me when he did that. Um, what about their cornerbacks? What do we got there? Something they could be taken advantage of by Florida State's really really improved wide receiver group, or what? Yeah, I, it'll have to be because I, I think that's probably where FSU is going to look to attack them the most. Um, just because their run defense is so good, like they're they're really a top twenty team a top 20 defense from a pass pass and run defense standpoint. But, um, but I think it's probably easier to attack them to the air. Uh, but that's not to say anything against their cornerbacks or their DBs because they are pretty good too. I mean, um, Shaheen battles, probably the best cover guy. Uh, this is probably the most healthy he'll be all year. If he came of back, why wouldn't they be? Everybody's <laughs> healthy against us. right? <laughs> he, he's been hurt most of the year, but he came back and, and got some, quality time versus Clemson quality snaps. And, uh, and I think his role will probably increase this week, just guessing um, because of course, you know, um, <laughs> and then, and then you have a uh, Derek Pitts. Um, he will miss the first half of this game, but he's the opposite. He missed the first half of this game due to a targeting penalty last week against Clemson. But he, um, he was a transfer from, from Marshall and, um, they're all big. They have a lot of big corners. A lot like of size. Shai. Okay. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very big unit in general. I think Tanner Ingles, the only guy under six foot and he's really good in his own right, but there's Shaheen Battle, is a very good cover guy. There's Pitts. Who's really more of like a physical run defense guy. Um, Tyler Baker Williams, the nickel, he's probably not going to play. He hasn't played since Texas tech, but he's really, really good in the nickel. Um, if he is playing, that's not good for us, but, He's probably not. I don't know. If he's not, then Devin Boykin, he'll probably slide in there for nickel. Um, he's kind of the backup nickel and safety. So if Cyrus Fagan isn't fully healthy, he'll play back there. If if uh, Tyler Baker Williams isn't isn't active in the nickel, then Boykin will play there. And then um, and yeah, there's Aiden White as well. He's he's the third. Outside you got another there. guy who's good. It's just loaded. <laughs> the defense the, is loaded. I'm only mentioning guys who are good too, which is unfortunate for FSU, right? <laughs> but um, but there's Battle Pitts and this guy Aiden White. He's only a second year guy. He's the youngest guy uh, that gets a lot of quality playing time in 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 the cornerback room, in the secondary as a whole, really. But uh, he's smaller in stature. I think he's five ten. Um, but he's a really good athlete. Uh, he's made some big plays. He had a pick six against Texas Tech. He almost had a crazy play against Clemson um, on the sideline. He almost had a big interception. So they definitely have their guys in the secondary. I just I think that's probably where you want to attack them because you have guys like Johnny Wilson and a stable of good wide receivers. And Jordan Travis has been so good. Hopefully he can bounce back from from Wake Forest and have a big game. Yeah, not a bad performance against Wake, just um, uneven, especially in the first half. It sounds like he's had a good week of practice, though, so that's always kind of good. I think that's something that bodes well for Florida State. If you had to pick before we move on to NC State's offense against Florida State's defense, where do you think that Florida State's offense is going to have the most success in this game? You already mentioned through the air, but you also mentioned that North Carolina State's got a lot of size. So is this going to be a game where maybe like a slot guy like a Micah Pittman uh, is going to shine maybe more lateral agility or do we still think that, I mean, their size is still not six, seven and you can't teach that. So we think Johnny Wilson's going to have a big game. What do we think, Dane? How are we going to, how are we going to get our points? we got to get some. 
<laughs> well, Johnny Wilson, I, I think he's just really difficult to. Um, he is. He's a, a corner. Player. You can be a, a six-three cornerback, which is a very big cornerback, very tall cornerback, and that still looks like a mismatch. That's still a, a four-inch advantage. Is Johnny Wilson six seven? That's still crazy. So I don't know how well any team can really match up against that. Um, but yeah, like you said in the slot, maybe if uh, this guy Tyler Baker Williams, if he is out, they probably aren't as good there at nickel with Devin Boykin. We're not um, quite sure though. <laughs> he is a backup, right? Um, no, but he's, he's played well in the year too. Um, maybe that's somewhere where you can take advantage. Michael Pillman builds off a big performance against Wake. Um, I don't know. I think Mike Novell needs to call a, a really good game and Jordan Travis needs to play his best game of the year, which really isn't the craziest thing to think of because he's kind of done that most of the week's, He's played, I feel like, in the last – True. I mean, this year and going back at late last year. Um, but that needs to happen, I think, if you if you want to put enough points on the board to beat this team. I agree. I don't know if it's the best off – I don't think it's, it's – mm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's the best offense that NC State's faced this year, but I think they're facing their best quarterback than they faced this entire year when they played Jordan Travis, in my opinion. And that's after coming against former five-star DJ – Uh, But no, I I think it, um, I feel good about Jordan having a nice bounce back game. Hopefully if he's not running for his life too much, man, that the defensive line is, it can get very confusing, especially with the different pressures and just how good their defensive linemen are. Let's move on to the other side of the ball, the NC state offense. I think that it's just, it makes sense to start with uh, redshirt junior quarterback, Devin Leary. He's completing about 63% of his passes this year. 1,100 passing yards, 10 passing touchdowns, just three interceptions. I think those numbers are a little skewed. I think he feasted in some of those kind of easy games as far as like Mm -hmm. racking up passing touchdowns because the chatter that I've heard is that he's been disappointing this season. Now, Dane, what's your opinion of Devin Leary's play? Disappointing or adequate? What do you think of how Devin's played this year? Yeah, um, he hasn't. I don't think he's been as great as expected so far. I mean, he's talked up as a guy who um, could be the best quarterback in the ACC, and the ACC is right. an awesome quarterback conference, one of the better quarterbacks in the country, maybe. Um, but he doesn't have the weapons that he did last year. I don't think he doesn't have really the help around just in general on the offense as he did last year. There's also a lot of conservative play calling in that offense um, with mm. Tim Beck. Um, but you miss a guy like Emeka Mezzi as your number one wide receiver. He is gone. He's a guy from last year. Um, I'm blanking on his name, but the, the offensive lineman that was drafted, six overall, I think, uh, Ika McQuanu, as it was. Yes, nice, nice, nice recall. Absolutely. A lot of <laughs> – once the strange names leave, like NC State's offense, maybe that gives us a better chance. But those two kids were studs. Amezi and then the, the, the tackle that you spoke Iquano, of before. yeah. Iquano, we'll those, those kids were great. Yeah, stay on that um, – that note though um is we'll, we'll come back to the the cool okay. name stuff a, a teaser okay more cool names <laughs> to follow. continue to listen i like it <laughs> uh, yeah leary i mean he has an he's great arm talent he looks comfortable in the pocket he's a really tough guy he had this one play against clemson that has stayed in my head where he took a huge hit and just delivered a strike it was like third and 15 and mm-hmm. um and just dropped a strike uh, to convert uh, taking a big hit Anyway, he's he bails him out a lot. He's really good. Yeah, he hasn't been awesome. Maybe as expected, he hasn't been and on pace to break records like 
maybe he was expected to, but I think he's a really good player and you, you can't really discount him. I think he's probably scarier to play. Um, probably scarier to play than Sam Hartman. Interesting. Why do you say that? I think he doesn't get as much help from the system he's in at all. And um, they both have a lot of arm talent, but Leary has some really good escapability, I think. And um, yeah, they're, I think they're in the same ballpark, but, but Leary is probably, in my opinion, scarier to play. He's just more naturally talented, more versatile. I, I think I that's one versatile. of the things. Yeah. yeah, just more versatile. But it's one of those things where, I mean, this is an offense that even with all that talent, they're averaging about 33 points a game. That's tied for 55th in the nation. And a lot of that is skewed. They scored 55 against Charleston Southern, 41 against UConn. Every other game they had. They scored 21 against Eastern Carolina, which was a really close game. Texas Tech, they only got 27. And then 20 against Clemson in the loss about 385 yards per game. That's 82nd in the nation. So I think it really it bears truth to what you're saying, Dane. Leary's good. He just it's not so much him, it's everything around him. So yeah. Oh, I mean every game they've played, all three FBS opponents they've played have been have been close games. They haven't been able to run away with anything. Um Texas Tech was the closest thing to that and uh and they only won that game by what 13 points. So um yeah. Yeah. Or Nine points, if I'm recalling, 27-14. But, um, but yeah, I mean, 39% success rate on offense, which is 89th nationally, that's just not good. Um, it's worse it's, than pedestrian. That's bad. Yeah, and you're not playing exceptional defenses outside of Clemson, which is an exceptional defense. But you shouldn't have those numbers at this point. And, um, I mean, when passing 96th nationally and, and when rushing 70th nationally in success rate, you're not really great at either thing and you have a really talented offensive line too um i think that's aside from leary it's the best unit you have on on offense and you still can't run the ball super well you're not passing super well with a very good quarterback it's it's kind of confusing you mentioned it before is it play calling you think or is it the wide receivers inability to get open which is putting a lot of pressure on the running game where the running backs unspectacular because a good offensive line and a really good quarterback that should be enough tools to have a productive offense. And yet they don't. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, I mean, with running backs, they target them a ton. Running backs have gotten about 35% of targets so far in the passing year. game. Really? Yeah. Which is that? really absurd. I mean, they pass the ball behind the line of scrimmage all the time and they aren't super successful in that either. Um, Thayer Thomas. I, I mean, well, talking about we know the wide Thayer Thomas. We know, yeah. we know about Thayer Thomas. The yeah. slot, the old slot dude <laughs> that always annihilates us. I, <laughs> right. Uh, it just it, it has to be that way for Florida State. But you're saying that they target their running backs a lot in the passing game, even when it's not necessarily that effective. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you have two guys there. Like Jordan Houston is the main guy there. He's the more experienced back um, in that like two back room they have. Um, he's a really good pass catcher. That's, I guess, what he's known best for. Mm -hmm. But again, not super effective in that. Um, the other running back they have, here's your awesome name, Trey. Uh, Demi Sumo Carnegie Bay. Carnegie oh, Bay. that is a good one. They do, they do. It's a good name factory over there in Raleigh. That is su sumo as the first part of the hyphen is just fantastic stuff. Oh yeah, um, and he's <laughs> he he's a bigger he's a bigger, faster athlete than Houston. I think he's just probably like the higher ceiling guy. You'd say mm -hmm. um, he's younger, but he's 
probably a guy who, who can take a bigger role as the year progresses. Maybe we'll see that happen against FSU. They've really done a good job, like splitting those guys for the most part, 50, 50 on the year, but Houston's been considered the starter. I think he's been limited a little bit due to injury, Mr. Sumo Kongbae or Kongbae. Kongbae, yeah. Kongbae, man, that rules. That's a great name. I think he's been a little bit limited due to injury, so it'll be interesting to see what that if it is a 50-50 split versus us or if the more talented kid is going to get more carries because he's feeling better because everybody feels better right before they run for the state. <laughs> Uh, just imagine it's like the health elixir. So we talked about the running backs. We talked about the offensive line. Let's talk about the receivers. We know Thayer Thomas. He's good in the slot. His name's alliterative. He's very difficult to defend. Nightmare for Florida State. Who else do they have besides Thayer, though? I mean, if they're targeting running backs 35% of the time, I don't think they're getting a ton of separation. Yeah. Um, they don't have a ton. They don't have a ton of production there. They don't have a ton of experience. I think outside of there, Thomas, he's definitely the number one guy. Um, and he's not a big play guy either. Like you said, just reliable slot. He's a good punt returner, but gritty. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely a gym gritty. rat. Um, <laughs> all, of the, all of the cliches in one. That's him, dude. <laughs> but, but the most notable guy beside him, I'd say is, is Devin Carter, uh, number 88. He's been around a while too. Um, he's more of a deep threat, 6'3, 215. He has really good size. Um, but he also has a tendency to drop balls. He he's he ties Thomas for the the team lead in targets, but he only has a thirty six percent catch rate and a twenty seven percent success rate when targeted. Oh wow! So yeah, just not really good. Um, <laughs> but but he also has his moments. Like he had a great uh, great play against Clemson. It was a fade down the sideline, caught for a touchdown. It, so he has inconsistent, his right? Inconsistent. Yeah. The, the talents there is just is he going to put it together? So in your opinion, Dane this is the more favorable matchup for Florida state to win our defense against their offense. I think that's pretty clear. What, um, what potential ways do you see Florida state attacking an inconsistent, incomplete offense? That's got pieces to build on. They just haven't executed yet. How do you think Adam Fuller is going to do that? And who do you think is going to shine in the matchup of our defense against their offense? Yeah, I think maybe this is a game where you need a, you need your DBs to play really well. You need them to be able to man up NC State and um, and, and give your defenders in the box a better chance to win. Um, maybe the safeties have a bigger game here. Maybe Jamie Robinson uh, can make some plays. Akeem Dent, these guys. But, I mean, I'm not Adam Fuller. I don't know. But uh, but you need to be able to stop this offense, definitely, if you want if if, to have a chance to win because uh, – Florida State's offense isn't going to move super efficiently in all likelihood against no. the NC State defense. It's going but to be it, it, it's going to be a struggle for sure. Yeah, if they can shut down the pass game though, which maybe you can because they lack they they lack talent on the outside or at least production so far, um, then that'll give you a better chance. But then again, they aren't really efficient and particularly efficient in passing or rushing. So if they can move the ball really well against you, I, I think that's a big red flag. But I'm almost cautious to say that because they do have talent to do that. I don't know. Yeah, it's unlocked potential there for sure. And as, if you have a great quarterback and a good offensive line, it's you are liable to have that breakout game. But five, almost halfway through the season, hopefully it's it's kind of a finished product. So maybe Adam Fuller can get a little bit more aggressive. Florida State has done a really good job limiting explosive passing plays. It would be nice to see them dictate the terms to the NC State offense in ways that we were not able to dictate the terms to the Wake Forest offense. 
So, Dane, I think that we have really, as you often do, as you always do, everything covered sufficiently. Oh, oh, we got to get to the offensive line, Trey. Okay. I thought we talked about them a little bit. Let's talk about them some more before we get to game prediction. Talk about that offensive line. Yeah, I yeah, we did say that it's a good offensive line. I definitely think it is. Um, generally, a pretty experienced offensive line. Um, I think the interior of this offensive line is very good, which was a you know FSU has struggled with with Louisville and Wake Forest. Especially recently, the defensive <laughs> tackles we miss Fabian Love at big time. Absolutely, it, it bared itself out in that Wake Forest film review we did. Jared Jackson had a tough game. I thought D- Daniel Williams is a good kid that stepped up. But Florida State really, I mean, they doubled Robert Cooper a lot. Florida State got beat up in the interior rushing game. So that could be a concern again, Dane? I think it could, Trey. Um, <laughs> you got bad news today for me, brother. I mean, hey, Louisville, Wake Forest, both teams that know how to move the ball on offense, especially Louisville on the ground and Wake Forest just in general. But, um, but NC State, yeah, you have – most notably, Chander Savala uh, at left guard. He's probably the best guy on that offensive line. And they they actually move him around. Like, they'll put him on the outside sometimes and keep him wow, okay. on the right side. He plays left guard or primarily starts at left guard. But um, obviously, they like him a lot, and they'll they'll run behind him. Um, Grant Gibson, has, he's a three-year starter at center. He's a stockier guy, only 6'1". But um, he's a good player, too. Dylan McMahon, he's graded out really well at right guard. He's also a really experienced guy. Him and Gibson are like the very veteran guys. Um, in uh, Anthony Belton, he's a 6'6", 230-pound left tackle for them. He's probably the biggest question mark. Um, but What's still his a, stat again? He's 6'6", six, six, what? 6'6", six, six, 230. Oh, 230? 330. No, 330. <laughs> well, he better be questionable. My God, get the poor kid a sandwich. Okay, 6'6", six, six, 330, much different. Yeah. <laughs> right. So um, much, much different. He's a huge left tackle um, and a younger guy, but he's probably the biggest question mark there. He got moved around against Clemson, but uh, but overall, definitely a solid unit on the offensive well, line. Tough in the interior. Maybe Jared Verse starts to up that pitch count a little bit. He could uh, he could wreak some havoc on our very svelte 230-pound seven-foot tackle that he's <laughs> got. I think we could make some noise there. Something to watch for, Dane. You always have a nugget. So now you've dropped all the nuggets that you can, and here comes the pressure. Give me your prediction. What's the score? What happens on Saturday night in Raleigh, North Carolina? I'm never actually prepared when you ask me this. Um, I'm going to go. <laughs> That's perfect. I only do it every episode. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, right. Um, I'll say I'll say 27-21. I'll say NC State. I got to be got to be honest. Uh, I unfortunately I do too. I, I was I'm actually going to say 27-22 because I think we're going to okay. make two two point conversions and then miss an extra point. So two eights and a six that gets to 22. It's just a tough task, and it sucks that you're going to that we're predicting Florida State to go four and two, but this defense is stellar. The offense is good enough. You're going on the road in an environment where even traditional powerhouse Florida State teams have had multiple struggles. NC State has a really long home win streak right now, I believe. So they're they're cooking, they're feeling confident. And I wish that I I, I don't like, yeah, 13 game winning streak at home at Carter Finley, the Jeez, old snake pit. 
Yeah, see, I got some nuggets for you too, my man. Um, nice. I wish they wouldn't. I wish NC State wouldn't be coming off a loss right now. You know what I mean? Just reinvigorate them. I mean, we're coming off our first loss of the season too, but I think it's just too tall a task. As always, the Florida State team is going to fight. They're going to be competitive. That is the hallmark of a Mike Norvell coach team at this point in this year. And I don't, I don't pick NC State with a ton of confidence. I just think that it's a tougher matchup for Florida State going, especially going through what they're going through with the offensive line right now. It's yeah. a tough spot at tackle. It really is a tough spot at tackle for FSU and Mike Norvell. Definitely, yeah. I mean, again, NC State hasn't really pulled away from anybody, and this is a team, an FSU, that we've seen only be competitive with teams. Um, like you said, an offensive tackle, I mean, that's a big position to where you don't know what you're going to see there, but that definitely matters a ton. And like you have Jared Verse on the edge, you need him to play a ton of snaps, probably. Just injuries are playing a big factor in this. But but I'm I'm hesitant a little to to say Wake or Wake Forest to say NC State should win this game. I, I don't think it's. I think a six point loss is is very fair, and that's not really me letting like bias get in the way. No, I'm with you too. I wouldn't be 100% surprised at, at any outcome, whether it's a Florida State win or an NC State win. I think that they have the ability. Florida State, when Jordan Travis is on, they have the ability to score just as many points as Clemson would against NC State. I just, it's a tough time in the season. Maybe if this game was happening in week nine, my prediction might be a little bit different. Florida State, a little bit healthier in the trenches. But as of right now, I reluctantly have to go NC State 27, Florida State 22. However, I hope that when we talk to you guys next week, Dane and I are 4-2 and two in our predictions and Florida State is 5-1. and one. That's what I'm hoping for. But again, plus, I'm, I'm in, Dane's smart, but I'm an idiot anyway, so I'm probably wrong. So anyway, thank you for sitting with us. Another episode of Noel Die Enemy. We will be here every week. Go Noles, keep chopping on. Anything, Dane, you want to say before we get out of here? I'm good, Trey. Let's do it. As always, another beautiful, another beautiful, exquisite knowledge dump from our own alliterative man, Dane Draper. Guys, <laughs> stay tuned. Knowles 24-7. Subscribe. All that stuff. Going to be a ton of great information. Stay tuned. Watch Kevin. He's going to do another NC State video preview on the X's and Knowles YouTube page. Subscribe to that. Subscribe to Knowles 24 Subscribe to everything, please. So I don't have to keep saying this. Love you guys. Go Knowles. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Deucible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.